welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Hey, Keith. It was great having you, talking to you about the issues that you've been facing as a veteran. How do you move forward from your past holding you back? I know that the the stressors on my life, whether they're external or from within, have me shackled where I'm at right now. And I don't want to stay here. I want to move forward. I want healing. I want to make some progress. I want to bless my wife and my family and my community. And so I know that I have to change. I have to be willing to examine myself. And as much as I want change so that I feel like I'm having a blessed life, I'm the one that has to be responsible to make the change that is required so that I can have the life that I want. I have to be the one that has the courage to face myself in the mirror and ask myself, what am I doing wrong? Where do I make, where, where do I need to make the change so that I can have the kind of life that I want to, and I'm going to use this word shape. I'm responsible to shape my life. And I need to get over the idea of wanting someone else to do it for me, according to the design I tell them. That's not going to work. I have to examine myself and be willing to shape my own life. And that takes a tremendous amount of work. And before you can even do that work, you have to have the courage to be humble enough to have a conversation with yourself. And you have to be humble enough maybe to talk to some other people. If you've been hurting, like I've been hurting, if I've been hurting, my wife is probably hurting. And I have to have the courage to go to her and say, I'm I'm sorry, I've been hurting and I've been acting out and that has hurt you. I've had to go to my children before and say, I'm sorry, I I don't want to hurt you in any way. And when you think about what you're sharing there, Keith, that a lot of men don't know how to apologize or admit that they have a problem or admit that they've done some wrong or some hurt. And when working with a lot of these men, it's they're afraid that if I do that, then I'm weak. Oh, kind of explain that a little bit. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I definitely the fear factor, the fear factor and the judgment factor. Yeah, I am afraid. I also fear the judgment. And I feel if I confess anything now, I just I just told my wife, I just told my my children, I just told my friends, I told somebody in the community. And if I confess that I'm weak, if I confess that I've maybe not conducted myself, maybe as people would like, especially your wife or your children, that means I'm guilty and I'm going to, I'm fearful judgment is coming from them. Whereas if I keep standing strong and, you know, clenching my fist and standing up straight and just fighting through it, it, I actually end up deceiving myself thinking that somehow I'm going to make it through that unscathed but the reality is the more i clench my fist the worse i look and i think i can't get any rest i can't get any peace because i'm always having to fight and the day has to come where we are honest with ourselves and i'm honest with myself and i say you know something has to change something has to give i keep hoping it will be them but it's not happening It must be me. An interesting point here about when you say the word fight. And in our earlier conversation, we talked a little bit about what got you into the Marine Corps. And you said it was a jousting fight with your dad. And as men, our fathers seem to be kind of tough, 
sometimes men do not need to be showing their anger in front of women or their children. And yet here we have in our past men who have displayed that or pushed us a little hard. How do you deal with your everyday fight within yourself? I think sometimes anger can act. I'm going to say something that is may not immediately make a lot of sense. Anger can be a blessing. <laughs> right now, everybody's going, what did he just say? Anger can be a blessing. Here's why. Anger tells you something's wrong. Anger tells you that there's a violation of a principle. Anger is a natural response that comes about most folks are going to get angry if they are violated. Most people become somewhat angry if they see someone else getting, getting violated. So anger isn't the thing that's wrong. Learning how to deal with anger is the challenge. So I don't know it's wrong for me to hide the anger. I think the challenge is can I express the frustration? Can I express the anger in a way that is dignified, that is respectful of who I am or who I want to be? Can we display that anger towards the one who's violating somebody in a way that still believes that that person was created in the image of God or that they're a person and they're probably fighting some demons inside themselves and my job isn't to judge them? We use the anger to help move the people to including ourselves, including our loved ones, and even including the one who is violating somebody in a way that gets us all to a safe place. That is really difficult. You want to be a man? You want to be a Marine? You want to be a strong man? Strong man isn't going and beating someone up necessarily. I mean, there might be a time, uh, but should be actually very, very, very seldom, very, very rare. The, the real man knows how to separate the folks that are engaged in in the violation and and get everyone to a safe place. The real man can stand up and say, no, this is not acceptable. And he can show that he's angry, but he's not lashing out at people. Instead, he has a controlled release that says these people are honorable and this is not an honorable way to interact with them. And you're better than, you know, violating people. We care about the ones that are being violated. So we care about the one who is doing the violation. And that we get everybody to where they need to be. If you, you're um, talking about safe. And one of the things yes. I'm hearing that you're saying it's okay to be angry. But it's what you do with it and how you deal with it. And sometimes anger is produced by fear as well. You know, you yes. mentioned one of the podcasts about you have PTSD and your wife suffers from bipolar. That's a cocktail of explosion fiction to happen. Yeah, it can be a lot of fun. <laughs> I bet it can. So how do you deal with that anger when, when you have this mix? Well, I mean, there's been times when we didn't deal with it very well at all. You know, I had to buy Valerie a whole bunch of new dishes because we took turns seeing who could break the most dishes. You can deal with your frustration and, and your anger in a, in a bad way, and that's going to cost you financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We can't learn how to handle our anger in a righteous manner, in a respectful manner. It will cost us more than what we really want to pay. And we don't 
think about that or realize that on the front end, we realize it on the back end because life just got a whole lot worse 30 minutes later. Negative things compound themselves on top of each other. And where we thought that we were had a hundred pound bag of sand on our back 30 minutes ago, now it feels like we have a thousand pounds. We don't help our situation and we don't help ourselves and we don't help our wives and our children and our family and our community by acting out. But what we can do is we can realize that there's a violation here somewhere. Anger is rising up and we can look at each other's, how can I resolve the conflict? Which if you want to be the strong man, sometimes it means you need to call someone. We need some help. Our family is struggling. Can you come over and mediate? If that's not available to you, okay? If that's not some kind of resource that's not available to you, you have to look into your own heart and you have to, you actually have to mature your heart and your mind and your spirit and you have to realize, especially if you're the man, our job as men is to be the protector and the provider of our family. Every single man desires to do that for his family. And matter of fact, sometimes our frustration comes from the fact that sometimes we feel someone in the family is not allowing us to do that. And so we get frustrated. So what we're doing is we're having a leadership challenge. And we are going to continually have leadership challenges as men until we learn to lead ourselves. Before I can lead my wife, before I can lead my children, I have to lead myself. But here's the, here's the dilemma. I Googled the other day with a peer of mine. There are no resources for men <laughs> where we're at support to, to help men to feel supported. There's all kinds of resources for women, but not much for men. And you think about the transgenerational trauma that's been done to families. The trauma that exists is that men have been kicked out of the home, so to speak. And then men have lost their identity of who they are and how to lead. And then when they lead, they're questioned. And when they do that and compiled with situations like yours, it's very challenging in dealing with anger. So how do they lead the family when there's no resources? There are resources, but they're very hard to find. And they may not necessarily be put together in a way that is definitive of something that is in the end going to be healthy. In other words, sometimes the resources might be abusive in and of themselves. They don't come necessarily with wisdom. They come with power, thinking that I'm a man and I'm going to power through this almost in an abusive manner. And you, you get that sometimes. You'll hear a conversation sometimes. Well, you just need to man up and push through this and let everybody know who the boss is. Okay, well, that conversation isn't going to lead us to a productive place. Actually, if we're going to be the kind of men that we need to be, we need to be the kind of men who are strong enough to help our families and our loved ones carry the burden. And that means we have to be the first one to shoulder the weight. And when you're frustrated and you're angry, it can be hard to learn how to see where the real threat is coming from. There's a scripture in Ephesians, and it says that we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and heavenly places. The problem with what we do as men sometimes is we want to say the enemy is the person standing in front of us. And so we want to attack. And we want to use our man skills to defeat the enemy. But what we haven't been trained very well in is seeing where the real threat is. The real threat isn't the person. 
that's in front of us, that real threat is a spiritual threat that's deceiving people. And we have to maintain a spirit of calmness and trust. From a, from a therapeutic side, Keith, I'm not sure about that. I, I think the real threat comes from within. It's from oh, within yeah. a man's thoughts of he's not enough. He's told that he's got to perform. There are certain expectations that he has to meet. Sometimes in a relationship, whether he's married or whatever, he gets it that he can't be enough. He can't do enough. You, you hear these messages from the past that you're going to be a failure if you don't do this. There is so much negativity right. towards a man's lead that he becomes his own self-worst enemy. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. I, I think that comes from outside of him and goes into his heart. And it, those, those are things that he's heard, things that have been taught. Those are, those are, a matter of fact, a narrative. That is a narrative that so many men have to live with. That is a message that has been sold and is continually being sold to our, not only to men, but to women and to communities. And so if we, if we go to court, you have a man and a woman walking into a courtroom, it's immediately assumed that the man is guilty and the woman is innocent because there's a narrative. Now, here's the deal is that men have to, men are going to be responsible to bring an end to that narrative. And the way that we bring an end, uh, end to that narrative is not living that false narrative, but to live something higher and nobler. That when the world looks at a man and he conducts himself repeatedly in a way that is admirable, and then more and more men do that, the narrative begins to change. And that's when the transformation begins not only for the man, but for men, for more and more men and for communities and for women and for sons and daughters that they can look at men and see something noble and see something admirable. It takes the courage to lead. It also takes courage to swallow the hurt, identify it, address it and improve. I mean, I look at some of my past issues before becoming a therapist and it all stemmed from some hurt. When I addressed my hurt and acknowledged that I have a voice now, that has made all the difference. And I changed expectation to acceptance as long as it didn't hurt me. That's redemption. Mm. And what's beautiful about that is no matter who's been hurt, we can discover that redemption is available. Once I realize that redemption is available for me, then I can realize redemption is available for other people. Keith, I appreciate this time with you. I really want to pick up how men can redeem themselves, especially other relationships. Uh, I think we got some stories to share about redemption, our relationships with um, our spouses, our friends, those type of things. But I think we forget about how to be redeemed because we hold on to the past. We live in the past and we act in the past. So Keith, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Steve. God bless you. Thank you for joining us at coach. Soul. 
We hope to see you next week. So be kind and be safe.